I'm going to just start off right off the bat saying, who wants 50 bucks? Uh, sorry, you're out of view of the camera. I can't go that far. Uh, so what it comes down to is the spirits leading and those who sit up front here. So can I give you $50? Bless you. Uh, because I couldn't go any farther. So that, sorry, you guys that like to be blessed in the back row, uh, you got to be up front. Okay. I don't know if you realize, in our world, every day, almost every moment we talk about money, we're doing something with money. If it's getting coffee and using your smartwatch, uh, swiping right uh, on your computer or your smartphone. We, even your offering today, many of you just go online and it's automatic. Uh, we are using money every moment. It is part of our lives. Those who have lots, those that have little. It is part of our lives. How do we live as a follower of Jesus and deal with money. How do we go about doing that? And we've been going through, Pastor Tom's been preaching this journey through Jerusalem, uh, to Jerusalem, and Jesus has been teaching his disciples about kingdom living, teaching the crowds. What is it to live this life following Jesus? And we're, we're hitting it today uh, <laughs> keeping greed in check because money can consume us so easy. Possessions can take hold of us without you even realizing it. Give you one short example. You know the Amazon Alexa? You guys familiar with that? My kids bought me one and I put it in the kitchen and it keeps time. I can ask Alexa the weather, but it can do so much more, right? It can turn off lights, da, 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 da. you know, and I like listening to music, so I could, but if I'm in the living room, I gotta go, Alexa, turn on, that's too much, so why not put Alexa in the living room? So I have Alexa in the living room and in the kitchen. What convenience. If I have a question, I can just ask Alexa. But what if I'm in the bedroom and I want to know the weather when I get up? I need Alexa in the bedroom. So I have Alexa in the bedroom. But what if Linda is with the kids in the toy room on FaceTime and they want to listen to a, a, listen to a song on Alexa? We'll put one in the toy room. But what if I'm in the laundry room and I want to listen to music? I need Alexa downstairs. Oh, but I'm in the garage a lot. So I need Alexa in the garage. But you know, when I'm in the shower and I forget to turn the fan on, so I need Alexa in the bathroom. Now, just to round it off, when you listen to Alexa everywhere, the music is everywhere. It's amazing. So I need one in the hallway. Okay, I confess. I have an issue. <laughs> And yes, should I get rid of Alexa? No. Uh, 
somehow I can use it for Jesus, somehow. Because I get caught up in the toys of Alexa. My Christmas lights, my house lights, you name it, it runs it. Have I got caught in possessions? Yes, Yes. thank you. (laughs) Thank you for hitting me right there. (laughs) You're, You're supposed to say, no, it's all good. But that is the power of our culture, influence, my own selfishness. How do we keep this in balance? I've shared my sin with you, one of them. (laughs) But let's look at this today as we look at God's word. Uh, Luke chapter 12, and may God's word speak to us as we uh, open it up. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we ask, Lord, that you would speak. Lord, would you give me the words, give me clarity, and allow your words to go forth into hearts that are open. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So let's read this together. Someone in the crowd said to him, uh, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance. And we understand that. And when inheritance comes, uh, there's family fights that happen. Is it the brother's right to get some of that inheritance? You say, yes. But the dispute breaks out. Jesus does not refer to it. He challenges the heart because he wants to teach his disciples, correct? So in verse 15, he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. We know he's tagging in on the inheritance issue but he's going much farther. He's telling his disciples on this journey to Jerusalem about kingdom life. How do you live out this kingdom life in Jesus? Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. It will take hold of you. Life does not consist of abundance of possessions. What? Life does not consist of abundance of Alexas. Just saying. Do you catch hold? You put in what's in yours. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Jesus is hitting home. You're a follower of me? This is how you live as a follower of Jesus. Watch out. Be on your guard. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told them a parable about this rich man that yielded abundance of harvest. He thought to himself, what should I do? I've got all this stuff. I'm going to tear down my warehouses. I'm going to build bigger warehouses. And I'm going to say to myself, life is good. Life is good. I'm just going to chill out, take it easy. When I read this passage, I was thinking of plexiglass and COVID. (laughs) The owners of the plexiglass companies are just like, whoa, (laughs) every store needs plexiglass, every restaurant. You know, we're just going to charge triple and I'm going to be good. I can just relax, chill out, take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Life's good. That can hit any one of us here when we come to this passage of saying, I'm good. 
everything's okay. I've got enough resources. What does he say to them? But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. And then he says, then who will get what has, you have prepared for yourself? He's actually saying, so you've planned all this. You have all this security. Who's going to get it? This is how it will be for whoever, very strong, for whoever, doesn't matter how wealthy or how poor you are, whoever will store up for themselves but is not rich towards God. This hits everybody. It doesn't just hit the wealthy. It hits all of us because it's a hard issue. Jesus targets. If you are a follower of Jesus, we need to be rich towards God. We need to be looking to him for all everything we need. Then Jesus said to his disciples, now he's narrowing down the teaching. Therefore, I tell you, you followers of Jesus, I tell you, don't worry about your life. But we live in a world that demands we need money. We need this stuff. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or about what your body, about clothing. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. This is a wake-up for us. We live in this earth, on the, in this world, and how do we live in the world but not of the world? It's just part of our life in Jesus. We have this battle, and Jesus says, if you're under the kingdom of God, you are reigning, you're allowing him to reign in your life, don't get caught up in food and clothing. But we need it. And he's saying, hey, don't worry about it. You're under my kingdom. Under my kingdom. What does my kingdom look like? Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. The crows on top of the roof. God says, I got them. I take care of them. Now hear this. See it. You are more valuable to God. You are important to God. Very important to God. He loves you. And under kingdom of God's rule, he says, I've got you. That's the message here. You want to keep greed in check? Remember how much God cares for you. And God, Jesus has a sense of humor here. He says, you, by worrying, can, who can you add a single hour to your life? Just think of worrying. I'm going to get an extra hour out of life if I just worry. Jesus, since you know you can't do that, why do you? Consider the flowers, how they grow they don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Jesus is laying out what this kingdom life looks like. It's about him. 
He says, I care for you. I love you. Please, sometimes we miss that in this passage. God sees you as valuable, important. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And here's our issue. You of little faith. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the followers of Jesus. If you're under my kingdom reign, trust me, under my kingdom, my people are cared for. And we'll talk what that looks like a bit more. Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. How many love that word, worry? How many, how many have the gift of worry? There's a few of you? Yeah, bless you. Uh, <laughs> it takes over, doesn't it? And he's telling us, don't worry about it. The pagans of the world, all these others that aren't under my kingdom, they run after such things. And the Father knows. The Father knows you need them. That's another faith question. When I read that and I'm like, okay, God, you know my need, but I'm really struggling over here. And you know my need. We don't necessarily trust him to provide the need we want. That's the battle that I think. But he says, seek first his kingdom. All these things will be added unto you. He goes, here's the thing about kingdom living. A runaway bottle. No. Uh, <laughs> you didn't see that. Uh, kingdom living is about following Jesus and knowing he's going to take care of the rest. He's going to take care of it all. But the first step is I need to seek him, seek his kingdom. What does that kingdom life look like? I want to follow Jesus. If we lose and I'm not following Jesus, if I'm living in the, the world and Jesus has just been a transaction, we're going to have a problem. If Jesus is just a transaction where Jesus says, I love you and I've given you a gift of eternal life and you've just taken that transaction, you're going to worry, you're going to struggle, there's going to be challenges. If you see Jesus in that place where he's offered you a gift and it's relational, it's transformative. That's the relationship Jesus is talking about. It's about following Jesus. It's seeking his kingdom. So don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid. For your father has been pleased to give you his kingdom. Where all this is taken care of. So can you imagine? God says, I've given you the kingdom. You are under my reign. Sell everything. Give to the poor. Get purses for yourself or wallets uh, <laughs> for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief can come near, no moth can destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My heart in Alexa, where's my treasure? This is a real thing. This hits home. It hits home so clearly. Um, 
I hit a, a age mark of 60, and I get this letter from uh, my mutual funds, apparently, that I didn't pay attention to, that the church and I pay into, and I'm very grateful for that, and I don't pay any attention to it. It's just building, and then it says, because you hit 60, we're going to put you in safe investments now. I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, we're going to send you off. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, but I realized that, and then I looked at it, and during COVID, it had dropped 3%. My investment, and I started panicking. What does that mean? Is this is my future? What does this look like? And then I hear on the news in, in Vancouver area, you need 1.7 million to retire. <laughs> I'm glad God doesn't believe in retirement. <laughs> Just going to keep working until I die. Uh, but it created a panic in my heart. And then Tom says, could you take this passage? I didn't tell him what was going on in my heart and mind, okay? <laughs> but I was like, wow. God just sort of, oh, do you trust me? Are you walking with me? This passage hits home very much to me. So there's some things, observations I learned, and I want to share some of those with you quickly. So how do we live with possessions and not get caught up in wanting more, Alexis, or whatever you have. How do we live with possessions and not get caught up in wanting more? One number one observation I read out of this passage is life is not about material things. So I got to make sure and keep in check my relationship with Jesus that I know life is not about material things. Amen? But do we live with material things? We do. So how do we do this? I have to acknowledge myself every day. Life does not, is not about material things. I have to keep that in check. It does not consist in abundance of possessions. So it's not about not having possessions. It's where we put our heart. This whole passage, Jesus is challenging the heart. Where do we put our heart when it comes to this? What's another one? This one? Self-reliance will leave you empty. Self-reliance will leave you empty. Who will get what you prepared for yourself? If you're relying on just yourself, my security, mine, 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 it's not Jesus, we're, we're going to lose it. It's going to leave you empty if we hold on just to those things. Jesus knows what we're looking for. And he says, be careful. It will leave you empty. You will lose it in the end. 
So it's not about possessions, but again, where our heart is. If I am relying on my my physical, my mental, my work, and it drives me. I, I am pursuing, I need to get this much money for retirement or for a trip or to survive just to make the monthly payment at the end of the month. I am striving on my reliance to meet the needs of my monthly income to pay the bills, to buy some food. Self-reliance will leave you empty. Jesus is saying, watch where your heart's at. Be careful. This passage is saying to me, riches are not evil in itself. So it doesn't mean every Christian's got to be poor. I remember going to work. I was at Bible school, and I, I drove to work, and there was this guy there. So I'd go to, I'd work, I'd go to school, and then in the summer I would work in this automotive, and there was a new guy there when I came. And first of all, he said, you got a, a very bright aura around you, and I'm like, okay, this guy's strange. <laughs> Then, he, then when I said, well, I'm going into ministry, he says, you can't. You have a car. You're sworn to poverty if you're a pastor. I'm like, oh, I didn't find that in the Bible. <laughs> I missed something. But sometimes we can judge somebody's wealth. That's not ours to judge. That t- tells you God trusts them more than they trust me. <laughs> he doesn't trust me with wealth. Uh, I would get more Alexis. Uh, so he just keeps it down. I do buy them when they're on sale. Uh, <laughs> justification again. Uh, so it's not about the riches that we are, get caught up on. It's when we trust in those riches. Because I know even in Acts 4.36, uh, there was a man who sold a field and brought it to the church. Church was all in harmony. People were giving. And this man had a field that he sold. That tells you he had more field. He was, he was wealthy to own a field. So it's not saying he sold everything. For some of you, maybe that's what God calls you to do. But that's to be aware that riches in itself are not evil. It's the love of money is the problem. That's where Jesus is guarding. On this journey to Jerusalem, he's teaching his disciples, this is kingdom living. By the way, be careful. Be on guard. Money could take hold of you. The hunger for it. Uh, It is very clear. Uh, The rich will fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires. They can plunge them into ruin and destruction. So with riches, there's a great responsibility. But the important part is where is the heart? And this is a big one to me. This is a safeguard uh, against greed. And I believe we should be living this as a follower of Jesus. And that is that we are generous. We hold our money loosely. We don't hold it tight. One commentary said, uh, 
This is a very intentional theology of generosity in the Gospel of Luke. He says, even to the point, generosity is a sign of a regenerate soul. Generosity is a sign, evidence of a born again, one that is following Jesus. If you are hoarding, holding on to your possessions, that is not evidence of a follower of Jesus. The evidence is generosity. When Jesus comes in, you know, when my parents gave their life to Jesus, they were not wealthy by any means. But they gave. They just always gave. They were always giving. The generosity from action to the pocketbook. And that's hard for a Mennonite. <laughs> okay? Hold. My wife, in, in our Bible, when we were at Bible school, and we had just barely enough. God was faithful. We just had enough. And I'm calculating. We're good. And my wife would empty our cupboards to give. And I'm like, well, how are we going to get food by the end of the week? And I was giving her heck for giving away stuff that we had. Food. But Jesus was always faithful. I had to learn to allow God to just, God, you are faithful. We can be generous. God is faithful and takes care of us, which blows my mind that we could be generous, and God takes care of us. I knew uh, friends of mine, Greg and Mel, and Mel just passed away not that long ago. I would call them wealthy, beautiful people. They weren't known for their wealth. They're known for their generosity. They were just always giving people. As followers of Jesus, to have a safeguard against greed. Our rule of life should be generosity. It should flow out of us. So Lord, grant us a heart of generosity that I choose to be generous with what God has given me. In 2 Corinthians, he says, God loves a cheerful giver. In Proverbs eleven twenty five. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I had heard about some of you that, uh, that have gone out for dinner this past week. And when you went to pay, somebody had paid for your meal already. Generosity. They didn't have to. But they did. Somebody did. Isn't that amazing? We should be known as a people that holds money loosely. Because what it means is not just throw it out. It means being discerning to the Spirit of God and where he's leading. That we should be at, ready at any moment to release something when God calls you to release it. When you see something and God prompts you to give. There's many of you that I've experienced and I've seen your, your spirit of generosity you give. God calls us to hold money loosely. That will protect us against greed. 
need to. Last one. I wrap it all up in Jesus. Because <laughs> Jesus, if we're following Jesus, we're seeking him first. All the rest will be added unto us. Jesus is teaching us that it's not a transaction of us giving our life to Jesus. It's not about a transaction. God offers this. I take it. We're good. It's about transformation. It is about following Jesus. And Jesus has been teaching his disciples and the crowd on his way to Jerusalem where he's going to give his life. He says, this is what kingdom life is about. So in wrapping this up, there's that verse again. Jesus is not only our Redeemer, our King, but he is the personification, the embodiment of all that is the kingdom of heaven. So when we say yes to Jesus and we follow Jesus in his kingdom, he says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide. Under my kingdom reign, you're going to have everything you need. Now, I want to put that in perspective in closing here. The Apostle Paul said even, you know, I have learned to be content with practically nothing and with everything. That is where it hits home. When Jesus, when Paul said that, to live with practically nothing and be content. Are you and I okay with living with practically nothing. That's the hard cry that Jesus is teaching. Will you trust me in my kingdom? Will you allow, just follow me and walk with me and I'm going to care for your every need? That's a challenge. Doesn't matter if you're poor. Doesn't matter if you're rich. Are you willing to do that? To say, Jesus, I'm trusting. I'm going to hold my money loosely. Wherever you want, I'm going to hold my possessions loosely. Wherever you want, I'm going to follow you. Because I trust you. Your kingdom, you provide everything I need. That is what Jesus is saying today. If we can live as if you have nothing but what Jesus has given you. My bank account. Jesus, it's your bank account. You're the one putting in, and you're calling me where to put it. My cupboards. Jesus, you're the one that fills them, and when you call me to take out from them, I'll do that because you're the one who fills them. My closet, it's yours because it's, it's all yours. See, it starts at the heart acknowledging Jesus is my everything. So what he's calling us to to protect ourselves from greed today is willing to do that, to acknowledge it today and say, I want to walk with Jesus. It's hard to let go. The Christian life is easy. It's releasing our own life to him that's hard. Are you willing to do that? Anybody need an Alexa? I'll, I'll give it up. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we come to you. 
Lord, what you promise us is so sweet. You provide us with everything we need as we walk with you under your kingdom. And Lord, we confess there are times we don't trust you with providing our needs and our wants. I pray by your Holy Spirit, you will be speaking even now to that which what we're holding on to. And Lord, that we would release it to you. Spirit of God, speak as we listen to you.